When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. This is Megan Mitchell with Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep, and today I'm bringing you another social work shorts. This time we will be focusing on the stages of change, and we'll be talking about those different stages that a client may be in when they're coming to change a behavior, and then most importantly, how as clinicians we can respond um, to our clients wherever they are in this process. So the model that we'll be talking about is probably the most common one that is out there, the trans-theoretical model of the stages of change. And in this model, there's several different steps. It's pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. It's not included here, but relapse is also part of this process. Some people may relapse multiple times. Some People may not relapse as often, but relapse is often part of the stages of change because if you've ever tried to change a behavior, whether it be um, getting into an exercise routine or, or quitting something that um, is maybe a negative behavior, it takes several attempts and it can be really hard to get it to stick. So it might take several attempts and relapses do occur. Here is a visual representation of the stages of change. And what I really like about this is that notice that there is most of the bulk of the stages are going to be in that middle, what I call a wheel. And then pre-contemplation is prior to entering the wheel and permanent exit is after you've made the change. So we will talk up through this a little bit more. So notice pre-contemplation, we have not yet entered the circle. And why that is, is because in the pre-contemplation phase, the client or the person may be in denial or they're not even committed to making a change yet. So they're not even within the, the wheelhouse of beginning to start to see behaviors or have the motivation to begin to change. So um, after the pre-contemplation phase, they move into contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And if they are able to maintain that behavior for a significant or a substantial amount of time, and they have proven that they are able to make that part of their new lifestyle, and they are, they're using it, you know, frequently, then they can permanently exit because it's part of their new behavior. However, we talked a little bit further about how relapses do occur. And if a relapse occurs, then we enter the wheel again and we might move through these different phases again. 
So the first stage of change is pre-contemplation. And in the pre-contemplation phase, the client or person is not ready or willing to change. So they might be in denial and not even be willing to accept that a problem occurs. Um, so in this stage, they do not intend to take action towards changing the behavior any time in the foreseeable future. Um, so that's generally within the next six months, they don't have any intention or plan to change the behavior. For these purposes, we can talk about starting a diet regimen. So if I was in the pre-contemplation phase, I would say I don't want to change my diet. I don't think it's a problem. And at this point, I'm not going to take any steps towards changing my eating habits. Um, why people are usually in the pre-contemplation phase is they may be uninformed about the consequences their behavior has, um, or they may not be willing to see that yet. Um, they also may have had multiple unsuccessful attempts at changing this behavior in the past, so they might not be in the headspace to want to be able to change, or they might be demoralized and feel really poorly about themselves, which is another reason why they might not have the headspace to be able to consider changing yet. Like I also said, the client might be in denial and they might not believe that change is needed. So in regards to our healthy eating, I might not think that my eating is a problem and I don't want to change the patterns that I have. Or other side of the coin, it could be that I have tried dieting many, many, many times. Nothing has stuck. So I don't see it's worth my time to make a change again. If you have a client who's in this pre-contemplation phase, this may be a very resistant client. And this might be very, very, very challenging to engage. So in this, in this stage, if as the clinician, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to provide a lot of psychoeducation. So you might be educating them on um, the consequences if they don't make a change. An example of the healthy eating, you might be saying, if you don't change your eating habits, this could lead to high cholesterol, diabetes, um, a variety of different health things. So you're really trying to educate the client and engage them in seeing um, the pros and cons of changing the behavior. Um, very important during this stage is that you are really focusing on the pros, the why they should change the behavior, because they might be very focused on the cons of changing their behavior and like, it's not worth it. I don't want to do it. So you really want to elevate the importance of changing the behavior for the client. It helps them change their frame of mind. So pre-contemplation is going to be where you are faced with the most resistance. After the pre-contemplation phase, remember going back to our wheel, is when the client is in the contemplation phase. And here they're actually accepting that there's a problem and they're thinking about making a change. So in this phase, they might start to plan to make a change, but they don't want to commit to any plan just yet. That's the key thing. They're not there yet. But in contemplation, going back to the example that we've had, I might know that my eating is a problem. And maybe, you know, next year, um, when I'm in a better place and a better mindset, I'm willing to begin a diet. But um, I'm not committed right at this moment to taking action. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking of why I might want to change my eating habits, and why this would be important. So um, here, during the stage is usually when the client will acknowledge that their behavior is problematic or in need of a change. So that's really important too. Um, this may also work into the why of change. So here you want to help the client focus on why they would need to change the behavior. What's really important here is helping the client see that why 
and really getting to the root of the motivation for why they want to change the behavior. So in the example of the healthy eating, you'd want to ask me, why do you want to change this? Is health important to you? Is the longevity of your life important? So you're really trying to get to that motivation. And as the clinician, we really want to tap into that motivation with the client. So here we're helping them talk through the pros and cons of changing their behavior. So if I change my behavior, these are some really positive benefits I will get. However, if I don't change the behavior, this is what may happen. I might have, you know, higher risk of developing all these health problems. And then, like I said, talking more about the root cause of why they want to change and tapping into that to motivate them. Also, during contemplation, um, the, per the client is thinking about change, so you might want to help them start to develop a plan. Um, so, you know, you want to change. Um, what will you do to change this behavior? So we're just brainstorming ideas or setting a plan of what we would do to change that behavior. Um, we will go back to the example again. If we are talking about healthy eating, my plan might be to see a nutritionist and begin exercising several times per week. I haven't started doing the action yet. However, I have a plan and um, I'm committed to the process. After contemplation, we move into the preparation stage. And here is where that client is really determined. Um, it can also be referred to as the determination stage. In this stage, people are ready and determined to take action. So before where I had a thought, I was researching, I was um, really committing to the process. Here now I'm ready to take action and I'm going to start to make steps towards changing my behavior. So I'm going to start um, going to the nutritionist. I'm going to do a consultation with them. Uh, I'm going to start to see if I can go to the gym maybe one day per week, start to build up that routine. Um, here in this preparation stage is the, the client will generally believe that changing is beneficial and that's why they're going to commit to it because they are determined um, to better the outcome that they're choosing. So they might want to make more productive and healthy choices. And what's really important in the preparation phase for the clinician is that you're going to just help them and support them working towards whatever goal they have. So um, if the goal, if my goal, like I said, was to see the nutritionist and begin um, exercising, you are, as the clinician, um, you're going to motivate them, you're going to check in with them, make sure that they're beginning, um, that their plan is feasible. You don't want, you know, if I never exercised, um, you don't want to say I'm going to exercise twice a day for five days a week. You want it to be feasible and reasonable. Um, so you're checking in with the client and really encouraging at this stage. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The next stage is the action stage. And action is exactly what it sounds like. This is where the client is actively engaged and they're doing the work to change the behavior. So recently in this stage, people have probably started to begun to change their behavior. And that would be sometime within the last six months. If I was doing something two years ago, I would not be in the action stage. It has to be present. Um, so in this stage, like we talked about, I would be now I'm going to the gym, I'm seeing the nutritionist, and I'm actively setting out on that plan. 
And here you are moving forward. So you're continuing and you're committed to the process. Um, here is where you're going to see a lot of behavior modification because they're actually going through the steps they need to do to change that behavior. So here you might see a lot of change. Um, also, you might see people starting to have new healthy behaviors. So now I'm, I'm into the habit of going to the gym, and that's a much better behavior for the outcome that I want, which is in to, to improve my health. So the action is when you're actually doing what it takes to change the behavior. Um, and you're, you're working towards that goal. What should the clinician do? So as a clinician, here you want to, of course, continue to motivate. Um, that's going to be a theme throughout. But you want to help the client start to track their progress. When you can give tangible data as to why the change is important, why it's helpful, it's going to help the client a lot more. Um, similarly to why we take information on our clients as they're progressing, you know, are they meeting their goals? What's going on? Are they pl plateauing? That's important for you to help the, the client work through during this phase. Um, always encourage. You're going to provide support. Um, and then you also want to kind of take a step back and help that client see how this change and this change in behavior is having a positive impact on their goals. So maybe the client, maybe I began to start to lose weight. Maybe my blood pressure is at a more stable place. So you really want to point out to them the goals um, that they're working towards and any success that they're having, you want to point that out no matter how small or big it is. So after the action phase is maintenance. And the maintenance phase means that the person is keeping up with the behavior and they're maintaining the behavior. So people have sustained this behavior of change for a significant amount of time now. It's not that I did it for one day, but here it's become part of your lifestyle in the maintenance phase. And in this phase, people are still committed to keeping this up. So I'm going to the gym and I'm seeing the nutritionist. This is now part of my lifestyle and I've been doing it for six months to a year. I would be in the maintenance phase. Um, what you're working on as in this stage is to prevent relapse because like I said, it's very, very hard to commit to something. And if it's new, it's hard to stick. So you want to be finding ways that you might be avoiding relapse um, to an earlier stage. You don't want to fall off the wagon. What should the clinician be doing at this stage? So um, how you can support your client through this is to, once again, continue to provide support and encouragement, but you want to praise and highlight um, how this has become part of their lifestyle and how this is having a positive impact on their life. So you want to be pointing out those things once again. You want to be praising them for how much work they've put in, for how hard they've been working towards making the change. And then you want to help them maintain this. So you want to um, check in with them on their goals. You want to check in with them that they're staying on track and really help them um, in this process to stay accountable. Sometimes relapse does occur. Um, and this would be when the client does not continue with those behaviors and reverts back to some of their previous behaviors. So, you know, I had a couple rough weeks and now I'm not going to the gym as often. Um, and once I start to not go a couple days, now it's been a couple weeks and I'm really reverting back to my old ways. This may be for a short period, so this might be a week or two, but the longer that they're not sustaining the new behavior, um, the more likely it is that it's going to be harder to get back into the cycle. Similarly, if you've ever tried to make a change in behavior, once you fall off, it can be hard to get back in and get back motivated. Um, several rounds of this change process that we just talk, 
talked about may need to occur before long-term change is made. So um, this, what's really important for the clinician to do at this stage is to regroup. You don't want people to see this as an all or nothing, I failed and I'll never be able to change the behavior. You really want to normalize the relapse. Um, let them know that it does not, you know, erase all the progress that they made. They can always get back into changing the behavior. You're going to re-educate them on this cycle. You're going to talk about the different um, stages that they might be within this cycle. And then you're going to want to kind of talk about and debrief on what happened, what led to the relapse. Oh, well, a lot of things happened in my life. I was stressed. Work work became very heavy. Um, and kind of troubleshoot in the future what you could do differently. Um, you want to help the client see that this is not the end of the road. They have the choice to get back on track and begin to make the change again. It's just a shortcoming. It does not mean the end. And you also want to discourage clients at this stage of using that all or nothing mentality like, I failed, so I'll never be successful. Um, you had a setback, but this will not define your journey. So you really want to be there for support. Um, but every also, you don't want to push people in a way that they're not ready. So if the client's not ready to jump back into it, we meet them where they're at and we respect that because everyone's journey is going to be different. But relapse does occur. So going through those different stages of change, we have a little mini quiz to test your knowledge. I'm a little scenario. A client comes to you and says he finally wants to take the advice of his partner. He states that he has anger problems and is committed to changing so he can improve his relationship. What stage of change is this client in? So take a minute to read that. Think of the different stages of change. Client wants to take the advice, admits he has anger problems, is, and is committed to changing to improve his relationship. What stage of change is this client in? So this client would be in the preparation stage. And why is that? The client is not in denial. The client is aware that the anger is a problem and also wants to make a change towards this, changing this behavior. So um, so this client, like I said, it's not in denial, then aware that it's a problem and has committed to making a change. However, there's no sign or clues in that vignette that um, a plan or action has been taken towards changing this behavior yet. So the client would be preparing to take the change. Once the, a plan is in place and they start doing that behavior, we would move into the action phase. So right now that client is in the preparation phase. Make it stick. So this um, concept and this can seem really just like a lot of things to memorize. However, to really make this information stick, you should use an example from your own professional life, maybe a client that you worked with that was working on changing a behavior. Use the model that we just went through to walk through the stages of change, not only making sure you understand what each change uh, stage of change means for the client, but also how you would respond and you would intervene if you had a client in each various stage. So think about not only where the client is, but think of how you would support as the clinician and um, walk through this cycle that we have in our visual here.
Let me give you it one more time. Remember, pre-contemplation is that they're not even into the cycle of change yet. So that's why I like it on the outside. Then here are the different stages of change that we just discussed. And remember, once that someone has been maintaining a behavior for a substantial amount of time, they might exit this because it might be part of their life at this point. So I hope that you found this information helpful. Like I said, use examples from your own life to help make it stick. Um, if you are interested in more content, I do have paid study content. I have seven sessions on some key topics, um, pre-recorded. It is great for audio and visual learners. Um, it's very similar to some of my social work shorts. Um, that is for $80 in Included in that is a 50-question practice test, and then I also do study groups as well for customers of that. If you are looking to just brush up on a particular topic, I have individual sessions of pre-recorded content. Um, all of this can be found here on my site, Gumroad ASWB Test Prep. Um, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel if you are finding this content helpful. Um, I try to put out content as often as possible to hopefully help you with some of these topics you may see on the licensing exam. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. My contact information is Megan at agentsofchangeprep.com. And I want to end by really just saying thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your studying journey. And um, be proud of wherever you are in the studying journey. And I wish you the best of luck in wherever you are. Um, and remember, you got this.